Amanda, Dina, have you guys heard of the tale of the White Lady of Raven Rock? No, but I want to. I think I've heard about 12 different versions of that tale. It's a story that's full of mystery, heartbreak, and maybe even murder. That's today on Folktown. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week on Folktown, Sleepy Hollow, a town that's anything but sleepy. Welcome to Folktown. Chapter One, Sleepy Hollow. Each season on Folktown, we're going to be uncovering the secrets of small towns. And then each episode is going to be a different tale. And this week we're covering The White Lady of Raven Rock. I'm Amanda, a creepy, spooky enthusiast. I'm Dale. I also love all things spooky. And I am Dina. And I'm someone who reads far too much and imagines way too many things that creepy and spooky things live in my brain rent-free. Dina's actually going to be our resident Sleepy Hollow professional Ooh, on like this that. season. So we can get right into it. This season, we are going to be talking about not just the cemetery, but there is, it's not just the legend of Sleepy Hollow, which I think is what everybody thinks of when they think of Sleepy Hollow, is just that overall legend of Sleepy Hollow movie starring Johnny Depp, and everyone goes right there. But there is so much more to talk about with this town, so much, so many more legends. And Dale, have you ever been done like any tour of the town? I have not. I actually have always wanted to do one of the tours, but I've never had the opportunity to do them. But I've always been obsessed with all of the, like you said, the movie. But there was also like a TV show. Called- yes. Mm. On Fox. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which that was, was a good one. It was mm-hmm. so good. I was obsessed with that when it came out, um, which just heightened my love for um, all that like small town lore and stuff. Um, even though I'm pretty sure it was not even video shot in Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> no. Probably not. I don't think it was filmed in Canada. <laughs> I feel like everything's filmed in Canada. God, but God bless it. I know. And we, mm-hmm. so 
we, the three of us, all grew up not too far from Sleepy Hollow. So even though this is like a story that the whole country knows about, the whole world, mm-hmm. we are not too far from it. And I remember in school, we took field trips to Terrytown and because um, there's a lot of historical components as well to the town of Terrytown. So I didn't give a shit about <laughs> any of that stuff. But as I got older and learned about all the spooky things and the town really, really embraces like, this is a real mm-hmm. town, people. This is not a fake town created in Hollywood movies and TV and legends. Yeah. This is a real town. And, um, Dina, do you want to give us a little bit of the history? Because you are our, our, our well, expert. I, I just also have to add, you know, growing up in Goshen, New York, which is such a small town in Orange County, which is, yeah. what, 45 minutes from Westchester County. My mother hooked me on this story because she played me that Disney version of Legends of Sleepy Hollow, you know, with like the cute horse that, you know, kind of had a mind of its own. They both got scared, but they saw, you know, I forgot about that. It was my absolute favorite. I was obsessed with it and I was terrified. And one of my favorite parts was when like he thought he heard galloping uh, hooves, right? And it was the willow hitting the tree trunk and him and the horse started laughing. And then all of a sudden the headless horseman comes out and, and they're both terrified and they start to run. And I just, became so hooked with that. So when I got older enough, old enough to like realize that this place was literally 45 minutes away, I was just like, you're lying, you know? So you really had to go and cross the Tappan Zee and, and go over there and see what was going on. And just not only do the people of the town embrace it, you know, even the horseman is the mascot of the school, you know? And I yeah. love that. Uh, if I could work there, I would just jump ship immediately and get over there. Dina is a teacher, by the way, guys. You can yeah. tell by the fact. Mm-hmm. She's got the facts uh, in the true <laughs> teacher way. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's not, to be honest, like even just knowing the history of, you know, the settlement of it, it it, it all goes back to Washington Irving, right? Um All of these Dutch settlers came to settle this area. And, you know, they say that Sleepy, we really can't even call it Sleepy Hollow because it didn't actually get deemed Sleepy Hollow until 1996. Before that, that, blows my mind. Yeah. Because we were alive during that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Before that, it was just considered North Terrytown. Before that, it was Beekman Town because that was a very uh, dominant family there that owned a lot of the land. But I mean, you know, here come all these Dutch settlers onto Indian land, Native American land. Um, and, you know, I actually found out through all of my nerded out research because, you know, I had to dive into that rabbit hole that the Indians that were there were in the Tapan, I believe it's pronounced, tribe, which was kind of like a branch off of the Mohicans. And Z is Dutch for C. Oh, so look at that fun fact. (laughs) That's crazy. Because you have to cross the Tappan Zee to get there. For for us, yeah, definitely. For us, yes. So yeah, you know, and when Washington Irving was younger, he was originally born in New York City, and there was this yellow fever outbreak right prior to 1800, and his family was very worried about him, so they ship him off to Terrytown, where his close personal friend, James Kirk Paulding, was living at the time, who was also a writer, down the road you know he just kind of falls in love with the area and i think anyone who visits it it's like how could you not it's gorgeous whether it's spring summer fall or winter doesn't even matter it's crazy Mm -hmm. for people who don't know who washington irving is he is the 
author of yes. Oh, I, were you waiting yeah. for me? I didn't want to steal your. <laughs> oh no, I didn't no, want to no, steal no. your thunder. I was no. like, drop the hammer, girl. No, no, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like for anyone that doesn't know who we're talking about, mm-hmm. this whole entire uh, episode is all about it. Yeah, Washington Irving, aka father of the American short story, to some. I mean, I'm sure people probably try and argue that, but many people believe he's the uh, America's founding father of literature. And it's because of this story, which originally published in 1820 here in the United States, but also was popular by in 1819 in England. I mean, it was well known. And that was so rare yeah. during that time that an American author was such a big to do, you know, overseas and here in the States. Yeah. And don't worry, we will dive into that later. We'll yeah, give you all the deets on our story. boy. Yeah, that's just one. His story and is absolutely incredible. Yeah. We will get there. This episode is kind of about the spookiness, and we do we do kind of zero in on on one story that we'll share with you guys later. But Terrytown itself, if you don't know, is it's on the eastern shore of the Hudson River, which is by where we all live, and uh, it's I I don't want to say it when you drive in it seems uppity, but it's not. Mm. It's just the buildings are so historic. They've really preserved a lot of the historical buildings. It's kind of one of those towns that you drive in. You're like, oh, there's history here. Mm -hmm. Like, you know that something happened there because the buildings look like they they look. They are over 200 years old, if not older. Yeah. Yeah. And so the old Dutch church in itself, which is the grounds that Ichabod Crane was trying to get to to escape the Headless Horseman. Uh, was built in 1695. It's actually one of the oldest churches on record in New York State. And is that in actual, like, is it in Sleepy Hollow? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have to do a field trip. Yeah. Um, field yeah, trip. We, we are spooky people. So you're going to hear a lot of tales on this show. That's kind of like the vibe that we are going for here. But when I thought of Terrytown or when I thought of Sleepy Hollow, I did not think any of this like, I knew the legend of Sleepy Hollow. I didn't know about the, like, deep, deep history of this mm. town. And Dina made us a really bomb-ass little document, so, so teacher of you, of, <laughs> Don't of worry, all of kids, the history. I cited all of my evidence. <laughs> um, and like you said, this was a Native American settlement, like, predominantly, right? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I tried to even write it phonetically so that I wouldn't mispronounce it, but... The first residents of what eventually became known as Terrytown were the Wet-Key-Geeks Indians. And I apologize if I butchered that. I try and speak slowly when I don't know how to pronounce words. But that's a tough one. That I mean, that's a- that needs to be on a spelling bee because that one's that one's ish. Mm. But yes, yeah, so they were a very friendly group. Right. And they really helped the settlers get settled. Right. And, and this is where really our first main story began to hatch because when all of these different cultures are are blending together in this area, everybody's got their own legends and lore, right? Everybody's got their own tales mm-hmm. to tell yeah. and mysteries that, you know, are never going to be solved. And then they all kind of start blurring together as the years go by and, and, and morphing into something that's congealed. Yeah, it's kind of like a rabbit hole. You find one story, which leads to another story, which mm-hmm. leads to another. And it's just never ending. Like this this town just has so many 
stories. Yeah. And the best part about it is you can go visit almost every single one of these areas and and kind of immerse yourself in it. If you put yourself in that vibe and think about all of the stories and the history, you can still picture it almost, you know, like, yes, obviously it's developed in the area and things like that, but there are still very amazing parts of this town and of this area that you really could imagine what it was like 200, 300 years ago. And I love that. Yeah. And there's so, I don't think people realize, um, I did, I truly did not realize until we had done that tour together, how many famous Mm. families lived in Sleepy Hollow and so many authors. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was like New York city adjacent, especially around that time. Um, you're right there. You're right by New York city, but so many, the Rockefellers have a huge impact. Like Mm -hmm. you just said, and like, well, who are some of the other families? Oh, they have Andrew Carnegie at uh, the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. No money at all in that family. Right. Yeah. And I mean, back to the Rockefellers, you know, William Rockefeller's uh, mausoleum is there. And because of General Motors being developed in the Terrytown area in the early 1900s, I mean, that really helped put that area as well on the map. Yeah. And it's, oh, I mean, when you look, when you go there, you're like, oh, I can see the old money everywhere, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like oozing through those buildings. Sure can. And what's the name of the house in town as well? The house? What, Isn't the, there? um, like Phillipsburg Manor? Yes, that's what it is. Phillipsburg Manor. So, and, and that is actually a place that I have not gotten to see myself yet. I mean, literally have driven past it so many times, but haven't been able <laughs> to find the time yet to go walk the grounds. But I mean, it's because of Frederick Phillips, who again, this Dutch settler that started buying all these parcels of land that wound up being this lower West Westchester area that the old Dutch church was even built thanks to his wife who had the idea, um, his first wife, I should say. And, um... Again, like really weird fact here, and maybe we should move away from fun facts and go to like weird, Mm. odd facts or whatever. No one, I have not been able to figure out, uh, and I haven't found any research as to where his first wife is buried, but Frederick Phillips and his second wife are buried in the crypt of the old Dutch church. So I don't know what happened to Mrs. First Timer over there. Ooh, girl. But it was her idea. And I like to tell everyone that because I'm like, let's give her credit, please. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, listeners, if you know the story mm-hmm. of where she's buried, do tell. Or what happened to her. Yeah. We want to know. She's probably under the church. Um, so, I mean, like, history aside, you know, when you go somewhere and you're like, oh, this feels haunted (laughs) that town feels haunted someone's watching me (laughs) yeah it feels like you get that vibe for sure and i mean one of the most popular stories that we're going to talk about today and we're we're gonna we're gonna tell you in a little bit is the the lady of raven rock and that is um if you just want to touch on what that did you talk about that at all in your tours? Is that something I do, that I like, do not you know? Do? I do not okay. because um, Raven Rock, again, a real place that you can go and visit is on the Rockefeller estate. So if you and again, very close to Phillipsburg Manor, you know, over the transition of the land, um, the Rockefellers built Kaika, which is their mansion. Um, and it is 
it's a it's from what I've read, it is a very hard place to find Raven Rock. Like you have it takes it will take you about an hour to find it. And God bless, you know, some online bloggers that recorded and documented. And I mean, in detail, pictures, topographical maps, like they want you to go find this area. <laughs> and I'm with it because when we do take our field trip there, I think we're going to have to put in some good solid hiking to go see this place. It's on the Rockefeller State Park Preserve. And but it's it's almost like a detached park. You know, you have to kind of take the road less traveled um, to find it. And I think that probably transitions really well into why there are so many different possible white ladies of, of Raven Rock, because I don't think just one person got lost around that area. No, I mean, you guys so might many. have to put a, you know, one of those baby things on me to keep me tethered to you. Like, so I don't go missing when we go. I tend to wander. Dale, didn't when you did a lot of research on the the story of the Lady of Raven Rock, right, for this episode? Yeah, and I think what's interesting is there's a lot of stories that kind of um they they all kind of intertwine with each other. So there's so many different versions of the story out there. Um and the story that we will tell in a little bit is um a unique story in itself. Um, but what's crazy is that there are so many um, bits and pieces from a lot of the local lore um, that I think we'll dive into after we hear the story. But one of the crazy things is there's a ton of, and Dina, I feel like you probably know more about this stuff, but there were a ton of, well, I guess two murders mm. um, that took place right by the rock. Um, there was like a boy that was found um, by Raven Rock. And from that, there was a lot of lore that kind of like went around there. But there was never, I believe it was the owner of a farm and he was arrested for killing one of his workers and then there was another story where they didn't find a body, but the the lore was that there were hauntings around the rock. So I think there's just like so many different stories around that that I love that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I know. And I almost don't want to debunk any of them, but, you know, I'm going to have no. to be like, nope, that one. Nope, couldn't have happened. Yeah. And I think that's <laughs> the thing is, I think there's a lot of and you. You're the history person with all this stuff. I you think guys are giving me way too much credit here. I just read a lot. <laughs> Do I retain the information? Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> I think it definitely is. It's a great way to start our little segment because, I mean, that really sparks the interest in people, right? You hear this. I hear this. Let's go. Let's go see it and and try and figure out which one could have been true. You know, I like to believe that this uh, white lady and this area, I can see it happening. And that is why. I love this idea of a ghost that haunts this area because I don't believe that all, how about this? I don't believe that all spirits are evil because they're not, right? And I think that yeah. this story is is not something to scare someone. This spirit, whoever she might be, is there to warn people to keep them safe. And I love that view of the story Me too. more than watch out someone's going to kill you you know we that yes we love those ghost stories we love those kind of stories 
But, you know, it's kind of nice to be able to visit an area and just think someone is looking out for you. Yeah. Especially because you said it's like in the middle of nowhere. It is. Yeah. And uh, um, I, I like to be scared, though. I mean, I, I yeah. still would be scared if she Ooh. popped out and was like, watch out. You know, I'd be like, ah, and run away. But <laughs> but at least she'd be looking out for me. She'd have good intentions. You know, yes, that's fair. That's mm-hmm. true. That's fair. That's true. I do, you know, and I think maybe that's why because we're all kind of similar in that thing. I love the you know, when you meet people and they're like, I don't believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. OK, I don't believe in like the you know, like the ghost hunting shows where, you know, it's all fake and they're just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I I. I believe in it. Do you guys? Oh, without a doubt. hundred percent. Okay. You can't tell Dale, me. Dale, you too? Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. You can't tell me that there aren't ways to communicate with Yeah. I don't think you can the be other side. into this stuff as much as we are without believing there's something more out yeah. there. Okay. So that's good that we established baseline. So if <laughs> you don't, maybe by the end of this podcast, we'll convince you to. And if you haven't visited... Sleepy Hollow, highly recommend it because it is, first of all, beautiful, mm-hmm. aesthetically beautiful. But this time of year, um, why do you guys think this podcast is coming out in October? Mm, it is spooky, spooky. season, bitches. <laughs> um, it it leans into Halloween so freaking hard. It is the whole town is decked out. And there is definitely a feeling that things have gone on there. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's places in the world where spirits just feel like chill, like, hey, yeah, we can hang here. Everybody's cool with it. So well, if we want to hang being, out. Um, and you had mentioned this a little bit earlier, you know, in terms of its location, 25 miles north of New York City. You know, so yes. to think back hundreds of years of when people were first kind of emigrating over here, Think of all the different cultures that were coming here and the things that could have happened, you know, that yeah. that really started all of this. It's so true. It's mm-hmm. a train stop, too, which is super fun. Mm-hmm. Like Terrytown is a stop on the train, so it's easy to get to, which is great. Sure is, yeah. So we're going to take a short break, and when we get back, we are going to tell you the tale of the White Lady of Raven Rock. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. guys welcome back dale has a little fact to share with us before we get ready Go ahead, yeah dale. this is super random but kind of interesting so in the story um in an article i should say they talk about how where raven rock is located 
there are no ravens or crows to be found. Mm -hmm. And they don't know why. Oh, boy. I did read that myself. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. I mean, could it be irony? Could it be tied into something? I don't know. I mean, this. I also think, you know, (laughs) this is me being forever the skeptic and and maybe somewhat judgy. I don't know. But you know how many people confuse ravens and crows? Like, what if someone was just like seeing, you know, a murder of crows and was like, well, crow rock doesn't sound fun. <laughs> Does not. So, ooh, raven, raven rock. Ooh, I like the alliteration. Let's, yeah, let's stick with that. And then everyone was like, well, where are the ravens? And, oh my God, they're not there. I don't know. That's just what I made up in my head. It's fascinating. Yeah. Dale, lead us into our spooky story. It's time, dear listener. Cozy up. Get ready to hear the tale of the white lady of Raven Rock. In the heart of Sleepy Hollow, where ghostly tales and legends thrive, there exists a story that has haunted the town for centuries. The tale of the White Lady of Raven Rock. Late one October evening, with winter's chill beginning to take hold, a young man named Samuel walked the outskirts of the village. He approached Raven Rock, a shadowy, towering cliff that looms over Sleepy Hollow like a dark sentinel. Instead of avoiding it, as most villagers did, Samuel decided to venture closer. Legend whispered that the cliff held a tragic tale. Many years prior, a young woman named Eliza, devastated by the loss of her lover at sea, had thrown herself from its peak. Since her untimely death, on nights when the moon was at its brightest, a spectral figure in white was said to wander near the rock, forever seeking her lost love. On this particular night, Samuel, who was more curious than superstitious, noticed an ethereal glow at the summit of Raven Rock. Compelled by an unknown force, he began to ascend. As he neared the top, Under the silvery glow of the moon, he saw her. A woman in a flowing white gown, with skin so pale it seemed to absorb the moonlight. She was at the very edge of the cliff, singing a melancholic tune, her voice echoing with heartbreak. Just as she seemed to drift closer to the edge, Samuel, his heart pounding, called out to her. She turned slowly, her eyes deep pools of sorrow. Their eyes met, and in that silent exchange, Samuel felt the weight of her endless despair. It was then he realized a locket he had found as a child, a small silver heart with the initials E and J placed on a delicate chain must belong to her. Reaching into his pocket, he pulled out his handkerchief, unfolding it, revealing the locket. As if she had been searching for that very thing, the woman Eliza paused and floated to him. Samuel reached out his hand, placing the locket into her ivory hand. As if 
She bathed in the moon's embrace. Eliza began to fade. Her form merging with the silvery light until she was no more. Samuel stood alone on Raven Rock. The haunting melody of the White Lady still echoing in his ears. He descended the cliff, a mix of relief and melancholy filling him. He felt he had witnessed the final lament of the White Lady of Raven Rock. From that night on, the village never spoke of sightings of the White Lady again. Some believed she had reunited with her lover in another realm, while others thought she was still searching just beyond their sight. One thing is certain. Sleepy Hollow holds many mysteries, and Raven Rock is but one of its haunting tales. So, dear listener, the next time you find yourself wandering on a moonlit night, remember the tale of the White Lady and tread carefully. just jump right in and and start us off with you know that was such a wonderful story about this this woman in white right which has started off so many different stories you know in in so many different cultures dating back all the way you can find this being mentioned even back in like king arthur times you know talking about camelot and things like that and Was it a witch? Is it a ghost? You know, what are we blaming this woman for now? You know, it's kind of one of those things. And this, you know, woman in white kind of ties in so well with Raven Rock's lore in itself. Because here we have, again, another woman in white. So which story do we want to start telling? (laughs) I mean, there's definitely a romantic element to it, which I love. And I know that that's not the only version of uh, the woman in white, uh, the, you know, the haunting of Raven Rock. But I just I love that there's a feeling when you're in the woods, right? Mm -hmm. Even when it's daytime and you're in the woods by yourself or even if you're with someone else, there is always this ominous feeling. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this one, like you had mentioned before, Dina, um, like you had said, Dale, there's a, it's not scary. Like if I had seen this woman, this version of this ghost, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. You poor thing. Yeah. She's just filled with sorrow. So it's almost like you see her and just feel for her. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Not fear. Just wanting to understand what happened almost. I want to know the story, the full story. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, this is one of the biggest ghost lore stories of uh, Sleepy Hollow and Terrytown in that area. And um, what are some of the other versions of this that you found, Dale? Um, so one of them was the story of the Bronze Lady. It was another woman completely different doesn't take place at Raven Rock but there was a lot of similarities and I think a lot of things that were pulled from probably that lore as well as stories from Raven Rock and I think like Dina knows those stories better but I think like for example there was one 
In an article, there's a story, it's titled Shocking Murder at Buttermilk Hill. They found a body by Raven Rock, and that's kind of where one of the, um, I think, original stories started. So they said that they discovered a skeleton in the woods. It was lying with one leg tucked. Oh, that's, that's great. In under its torso. Fantastic. And another wedged against a tree from June 21st, 1927. And it was a few schoolboys exploring around Buttermilk Hill. Um, But they were found in the woods close to Raven Rock. And I think a lot of lore kind of stemmed from that story as well. Um, just a really traumatic. But what's interesting about it is there's no information about these two killings. So whether or not it's true or if it happened, um, you can't find anything on it. Just this one article that talks about it. And they even put in there that they can't find any information on it, which is kind of interesting. In well, who itself. said they were killed? Well, exactly. So like what? Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I think that's where so much lore comes from you don't really know if the story there's a part of it that's based in fact i would assume you know that something happens to start that Mm -hmm. i had heard this story as like the lady i don't know if you guys heard this version but she was wandering in the winter yes yeah she got lost in a snowstorm and like you can still hear her screaming on like big winter nights when the wind is whistling. She like hid by the rock to get away from yes. the mm-hmm. wind and the snow and then was never seen again. That's a great part for me to interject because, um, you know, as a teacher, I like to make sure that I have the facts, you know, but there there are several stories and we can bring it all the way back. Um, Sleepy Hollow's official village historian, Henry Steiner, has wrote about this quite often and I'd like to you know, think he knows what he's talking about. And I actually have one of his books. Shocking, I know. But, you know, if we go all the way back to how I said Native American culture in this time, that's really where we saw the first tie to Raven Rock, that there was this this beautiful woman and this man, of course, you know, another person from another tribe. Of course. It's always a fucking man. Yeah, I mean, he's got to start all the stories. He wanted him for herself she didn't want him he got jealous so he started to pursue her she was running away and then this is honestly the only mention of ravens that i've ever heard uh she decides to you know pray to the spirits to help her get away and i believe she jumps off uh of the the cliff area and becomes a raven (gasps) i like that one best yeah interesting now, and and obviously, you know, we can we can hear that and automatically think like, ooh, you know, this is a great area to to go, you know, start this story because then you have all the settlers come in, right? And then you have the one that you just said, where I, the most I've read about has been with this inclement weather of snow, which, hello, we're all New Yorkers. We know exactly the way that stuff rolls. Um, and that, yeah, this this woman, she was out gathering firewood and kind of the storm snuck up on her and she sought shelter and the only thing she could find was, you know, the Raven Rock, which is a huge, massive rock, by the way. You know, I, I definitely encourage everyone to, you know, Google and look up it's some pictures. Big. It's Yeah. I just looked at it before mm-hmm. we started the episode and I was like, I'm thinking this is going to be like 
All right, guys. Have you ever seen fucking Plymouth Rock in person? Mm-hmm. Yes. It is the most disappointing thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I've, heard it, I've heard that. It is so small. I'm mm. like, are we for serious? Yeah. Like, is this? But Raven Rock, it's like massive. Yeah. It looks like a piece of the cliff, just like er- like the cliff eroded away mm-hmm. and just left a chunk of cliff there, mm-hmm. which I can totally see how someone would hide behind that to, to, you know, get away from the snow. So I get that. And it also looks like a place that if kids were being hunted and someone was after them in the woods and something malevolent was happening, oh, they funny. could have, <laughs> they could have hid there because it's, it's, it's huge. Like standing up. Mm hmm you cannot be seen and it might have blocked some of the storm from from hitting this woman but i mean still freezing temperatures things like that and the snow drift that would occur against that rock i you definitely can see how somebody could be lost to the to the storm at that time and you know disappear until the snow melts and then you find this body unfortunately of this woman where people start to manifest different reasons why she could have been there. I will say though, my favorite story that I've heard is a love story and it's a, but it's a sad one and it still has me very angry at the guy in the story. So, I mean, I think we can all attest that every single version of this, we just really don't like the men in these stories. You know, like, it's sounding like that. They're they're all kind of jerks. And we're like, what was going on back there, guys? Yeah. I also um, just to jump back to the the woman who hides behind the rock for the snowstorm. I actually found the little blurb of the story. Um, I can read it real quick. It yes. is. Um, so it's from the Chronicles of Terrytown in Sleepy Hollow. And it goes, a woman, so we have read, wandered out of the path of a blinding snowstorm and sought shelter from the blast of wind in the ravine behind Raven Rock. The snow drifted in upon her and she went to sleep, never to awaken again. Hmm. Ever since that cleft has been a Place of refuge, for it is said that the spirit of the poor wayfarer meets the belated wanderer with cries that sound like the screaming of the wind and gestures that remind one of the sweep of snowdrifts warning others away from the spot that she was found so fatal, which is kind of crazy. Ooh, that's creepy. And you yeah. know, like, I like the, I mean, all versions of the story, like, we had said in the beginning, like there's always a lady in white. And maybe it's just because this, the, you know, the storyteller that just did that incredible story makes me feel like goosebumpy and freaked mm-hmm. out. But um, there, there's something to be said about like, you know, there, if both versions, I mean, there could be multiple women's mm-hmm. women, Without of a doubt. Raven rock. That could just be a place of refuge that they go to, to be ghosts. Yeah. But there is a definite freakiness to, if you've never lived in an area during a snowstorm, when the wind is howling like through leaveless trees, there's no leaves on the trees at this point. So just blowing through these branches, it sounds like somebody's screaming. Yeah, absolutely. And could you imagine being in the woods, hearing that, and then also hearing what you think is a woman's scream and not being able to differentiate the two? Would shit my pants. Terrifying. Shit in my pantaloons. Terrifying. Um, and I think before I depress you all with the sad love story... Um, <laughs> I think we can all attest that anything we've ever probably read about, watched about when it comes to ghosts is there has to be some form of trauma 
right? Yeah. There has to yes. be something that would keep the spirit in this area because they can't rest, right? So some of the other possibilities that I've found, and I'll just hit you with the bullet points here. But, um, and again, I don't know if they're true. They kind of seem more fictitious to me as something that could have adapted in the the closer time period that we're in right now. But um, they, because de- they deal with car accidents um, and that one of the women whose alleged name might have been Mary uh, died on the uh, Sleepy Hollow Road, which ironically meets Mount Misery Road. I mean, oh, these names. I mean, you're, you're putting <laughs> oh, these great. things out there. I'm just saying. Uh, but she died on the road after being pushed out of the car by her boyfriend. And then some people say she jumped out of the car and died as a result of injury. Um, and that's why, you know, some people say as they're driving down this road, they see this this white figure and they drive through it. And I mean, that's oh stuff that that's horror my fear. movies are made of. Yeah, that's my fear. Some people think it could have been a teenager who was hit by a car. I think the creepiest one, again, because I, I don't know if I really find the story that I like creepy, but the creepy one that I heard was that this woman was a patient at a hospital that used to be located. I love it. Yeah. Hospitals. And and this was like mid 1800s that the hospital mysteriously burned down and trapped people inside. And allegedly she might have been the one that burned down the hospital. Like she torched the place herself. Yeah. Okay. And people claim to see, you know, like the specter and hear the cries of those who were tragically lost. Um, I like. But ironically, the name is always Mary. I I don't know why. Interesting. Poor Mary. There's some witch ties in here, too. You know, that Mm. she could be a ghost of a woman who was hung on the side of the road during the witch hunts because we might not be Salem, but I'd say we are the next closest thing. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So tell us the depressing love story that'll make us all oh, cry into our pillows. Okay. Great. Yeah. yeah I'm ready. <laughs> I have this wonderful book called Legends and Lore of Sleepy Hollow and the Hudson Valley by Jonathan Crooks, who is extremely popular, especially this time of year, because he does um, really great storytelling uh, live and in person. I have not myself been able to get over to see him in person yet, but I have watched him on YouTube and and begging him to come do a performance. And in his book, where he talks about all these different versions of the White Lady of Raven Rock, he brings it back to the American Revolution, which Westchester is deep in the in the revolution, which is also how we kind of hear about the possibility of a Hessian who loses his head during the Battle of White Plains. Um, that battle is brought up again here because British soldiers would... Um, What's the word when they would stay with local areas? They would um, being put up by like the families. And the yeah, so, like they would yeah. quarter with with local families. And one of the British soldiers that walked into this woman's house, they fall in love. And I was like, oh, yay, happy story, because I was so nervous for her as these British officers are like, what? you know, like, hey, we're going to stay here, lady, take off my boots, you know. Um, and the two of them fall in love. But of course, he has to finish his service so he takes her up to Raven Rock. He proposes to her and he says, oh. once my service is over, I will meet you here in a year. You can, you know, you can see the the Hudson River from here and you could see that I'll be sailing back to you. You'll see my white, um, again, white 
uh, ah, sale, right? The key there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she makes her wedding dress during this time. Again, a white dress. And during that time, you know, she gets there on that day. She waits for him and waits oh, for him no. and waits for him. And he doesn't come back. And she winds up great dying up there. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I could have called that had had an inkling that might happen. Well, <sighs> but, you know, you had mentioned um the sound of, of you know, this wailing, screaming woman in the woods, right? Yeah. And this says that she called, my beloved, is that you? Have you come for me? Because she keeps seeing things and hoping that it's him. And she winds up sitting there. And again, this snowstorm comes through. And this poor woman dies of frostbite and blistered bloody lips. And the snow just piles on top of her. And they find her in the spring. And that's how the story ends. And I'm like, excuse me, homeboy. That's what happened to you? Horrific. That's very tragic. Right? Like, he, did he not come back? What happened with this guy? Is he dead? He better be dead. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. That's crazy. But she's still looking for him. And so, you know, the, the wailing that we hear is her, her crying, looking still for looking him. for him. Like she's wandering the woods, yeah. it reminds standing me, on Raven Rock, yeah. looking for him. It reminds me of an episode of, you know, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Ooh. Oh, I loved that show. I did too. They need the to bring stories that were never, back. They were never scary to me, though. They were. Oh no. my god! Are you kidding me? I was. Terrified. I loved them. I thought I did not think they were scary. Dina, you were also scared of scared of. Don't say it. The Goonies. Yeah, I knew you, you were, were gonna, scared of the I Goonies. <laughs> Sloth was terrifying as a child of a small age that did not understand what was what going was on. Happening. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that, definitely. My mom used to always tell me that he was nice. The way he's introduced is very scary. Chained up in that room? Come on. I mean, yeah, at the end when he pulls off the Superman outfit. I mean, that's not He's supposed to be very lovable, but he definitely is introduced for a a four-year-old. In a creepy way. I was four. I loved him. (laughs) I might have been older than four, but I don't know. I wanted to take him home. Um, Rocky Road? I know. See, how could you not? But I I think that, like, I mean, I love that we started with this story because it is spooky and there's so many different versions of the story that um, n- none of them are less creepy than the other. Some of the more depressing, thank you, Dina. Uh, but Sorrow-filled. I, yeah, they're all so sad. Yeah, they you, are. Like, any of them are so sad. And I... I feel like, I mean, the whole point of this podcast is each season we're going to uncover the um, creepy stories of small towns because, you know, Sleepy Hollow is just one creepy town that happens to be close to us, one that we can physically go see and have been part of and been able to feel that creepiness. But I feel like this is a really good place to start. And that is such a good thing because I have a question for both of you. Yeah. Yes, I'm ready. I like this. What? Would you do if you were driving down one of these roads and you saw a whitish figure? Follow them. Because think about it. There's no streetlights in these back roads. Like we all know that yeah. too too yeah. well, right? But then you see something illuminated that looks like a like a human randomly walking around, glowing white. What would you do? I would follow. You're a liar. I would follow, I would follow too. I would, I would follow, follow because I would think I'd that they were trying to curious. get my help. Yeah. I feel like they would be trying to get my help. I would just want to do something. What it is. I guess I'm just yeah. like a true New Yorker and I would mind my business and accelerate <laughs> on the gas and be like, nope, nope, they're fine. I I used to um house sit for neighbors that lived up the road from me. And at night I'd walk home 
and it's first of all what yeah you live in the middle of fucking nowhere and i can say that as the person who lives in the middle of nowhere where you grow up but it was so i two different places i lived right i lived in one house that actually was on the border of like park land and so it was that's how you die yeah you die it's Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere but my grandparents lived down the driveway which was a really long driveway and I would go from their house to my house or from my house to their house and at night and there weren't any lights and so I grew up doing that so I was never afraid of being out in the dark I just would talk to myself just afraid of the dark wouldn't be afraid but what's funny about that is like when you are in the dark when there's literally no lights because there's no lights That's in the country. That's a different kind of dark. It's yep. a different kind of dark. And like if you let yourself get into your own mm-hmm. head, you freak yourself out. Like I would run uh, yeah. home because I would be like, I definitely heard something. Mm-hmm. That was a sound. That was a tree branch cracking. That was and most likely it was a bear. Or a deer. I think or, that's equally terrifying. You know, like, exactly. But I used to do it all the time. And I think, like, that kind of st- I loved that. I actually really enjoyed walking home alone in the I know, pitch I do like black. And, like, literally the only light are the moon and stars. And, like, you just kind of let your head, you know, play tricks on you a little bit. And it's it's great. I love it. So what you're saying is we are going to camp out mm. at yes. the Raven Rock. Yes. Dina will shit her pants and leave. <laughs> no, I won't. I'll stay, but I'm not I'm not you're going I'm going to be the most quiet you've ever heard me in my life. <laughs> See, I do. I think too like I'm the type of person that really enjoys like I love scary movies, I love scary yeah. shows, I love all that kind of stuff. I'm not a huge fan of like haunted houses. Because I don't like not being able to get myself out of it. Mm. So if I'm like mm. watching a scary movie and I'm like, mm, nope, <laughs> I can just turn it off. But if you're doing like those haunted hayrides or whatever, where like people will grab you or you go to Six Flags and you walk around for Fright Night and the people yeah. come after you, like, I don't like those. They like make me feel like I'm going to die. I have the best story for you then. Are you ready? You? Yes. You want to talk about shitting your pants? Like she she wouldn't have survived this. So I was on a blind date with a friend and her boyfriend. They set me up with a friend and we went to Newburgh. It was uh, not me. No, Let's it was just, not you. I did not do this. No. Are you guys familiar with the Terror Dome in Newburgh? This was a million years no. ago. But no. um, so, yeah, I had a friend and her boyfriend that wanted to set me up with one of his friends. What better double date than go to a haunted house with someone, right? I mean, it just spells lasting relationship. Never saw him again after that, by the way. Um, But so we get there and the way they set this haunted house up was wonderful. It was like multiple houses, but you were on a path. So you kept going from one to the other to the other. I loved it. Like I'm very, very organized like that. So it worked well with my brain. But there's this like grim reaper, creepy guy that introduces everything and kind of explains the rules and blah, blah, blah. Of course, the guy I'm there with used to be in the Navy. And he has to be this like macho guy. Like, oh, I'll lead the way, you know. And so these guys like, you know, they just they got to target him. And who's next to him? Oh, right. The blonde. Like this was like spelling horror. Right. 
So we wind up going into this one house and homeboy Grim Reaper must have told his friends who we are because we get into this room that's pitch black. And like I said, Dale, when you were talking, I, I truly am like, I may have two fears, the dark and water. I hate them both. Okay. And it's that kind of dark. You cannot see your hand in front of your face, but you have to kind of put your hands out because the walls are narrowing and you're like kind of moving around. I am not lying to you. All of a sudden we hear Navy boy. And I'm like, get me out of here right now. You know, like, (laughs) and we finally like see the light at the end of the tunnel and I take off for it. Mind you, my friend's boyfriend is like this 350 pound line biker. And I like knock him out of the way because I'm like, yo, I got to (laughs) go. And as we get to the end, I'm not lying. This like creepy voice trails after us. We'll find you, Navy boy. And I was like, you had to piss them off. You had to act macho. I'm not with him. You know, (laughs) (laughs) just run. I did. Yeah, I did. I took off, like burst out the door. People were waiting in line. We're like, oh, my God, like what happened in there? You know, (laughs) that is the whole thing. (laughs) So what if you saw the lady of Raven Rock in one of the. I'd be gone. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm such a creep. I think I would be like you asked the question before. I would be like Dale and I would follow it. Like I'm I want to know. I want to talk to you. I want you to tell me everything. I think you'd have to calm me down first. I yeah, I don't know that I would talk to it. I would just follow it and then watch. I could see you, Amanda, okay. talking Voyeur. to you. I could I totally would, see Amanda yeah, talking to I would to be her. talking to I her. would, mm-hmm. like, hide behind hey, the tree girl. and like, watch. <laughs> like, why are you crying? <laughs> yeah. Do you need a friend? And then Do Ama- you want my money? Amanda would be best friends with this ghost in minutes. And then she turns around and she has no face. Yeah. Like the, and like then the I'm like, gift that oh, I you're cute. <laughs> Somebody loves you. Somewhere. I'm sure he's coming. Just wait but a little I think, bit longer. Yeah, you just have to wait a little longer. Yeah. Are you the? I'll be like, are you the heartbroken one, the snow one? Yeah, right. Are you the murdered kid? Were you, you th- got to tell me which one you are. Yeah, tell me yeah. how to help. Were you thrown out of the car? What happened there? Yeah, tell me. Did you fall? <laughs> be like, Did someone what's his push name? you? What's his name? What's his name? Yeah, that Who would be. I'll it. find him, girl. Amanda would be like. The girl in the bathroom at the club that would be like, why are you crying, sis? I got your back. Yep. Who do I need to hit? Yeah. You yeah. gotta find yeah, yeah. him. Mm-hmm. I will find exactly. him. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I will be sorry. She has a certain set of skills. It's like, oh, 1600? I'll find his ancestors. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Absolutely. <laughs> One of them has to suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. I love that story. I love that. And I, I think that was a perfect story to kick off our first episode um, so and also how awesome small towns are, right? Yeah, they're the best. And there's so many creepy stories in small towns. And so this is just one of, um, we have three more episodes for you guys. Small towns with big stories. Yes, Ooh, love absolutely. That. I love that. So this week we covered the, the white lady. And next week we are going to be talking about probably my favorite thing to talk about, especially in the month of October, the witches of Sleepy Hollow. There are quite a few. Quite a few. And um, we're really excited for that one. And the story is so crazy that we're going to tell you next week. And um, just just to point out, that was not our voice telling the story. <laughs> so tune in next week. And if you haven't, head over to our social media. We are Folktown Podcast. We want to hear all of your creepy stories. If you've ever been to Terrytown or been in the cemetery or you have any theories about this, we need to hear them. We want to hear everything. And maybe if you send us some good ones, we'll read some on here. Ooh, I love that. Yes. Yeah, so we love ghost stories. So send us what you've got, people. 
We will see you guys next week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.